0: Well, well, well. It's Tuesday, November 7th. It is one day into college basketball season. And in a lot of ways, it was already a day of reckoning. For my bets, for Carter's team, and for quite honestly, a lot of other things we've sort of danced around this preseason. We're going to talk about a lot of it, but uh, the sad boy himself is in the building. Carter Elliott coming to you live from his basement, where his number four in the country, Michigan State Spartans, just took an overtime loss at home to the James Madison Dukes. Carter, how are you?
1: I'm not well. Straight up, not. I'm just not... <laughs> Not well, it's just i I waited so long for hoop season, like i was I was genuinely excited, and for it to start like this, like I had already come to grips with the fact that it might not be that great of a start like we might escape an upset from James Madison, but the fact that we actually fell to james Madison uh just just hurts and the fashion in which we fell hurts even more i'm sure we're gonna get uh more deep into that but yeah uh straight up i'm just not having a good time
0: i yeah i mean no way around that it is what it is um we'll talk michigan state in large depth here but uh i try to warn you man i try to warn you about what it's like having preseason expectations i know it's been a while it's been like four years for you guys and uh Listen, man, it was hard. It was hard on me for a couple of years, too. When you know your team is just like a 13-loss team, disguising as a top-five team in the country, and uh, you have to come on the show and parade around like you're actually a good team, all for it to come crumbling down to a Sunbelt opponent the first game of the season. Um, not the best, but there's a lot to take away. Rotation stuff, uh, who does Tom Izzo trust stuff. Why the hell are these vets struggling so much stuff? There's just a lot to talk about with Michigan State. We'll do it all. We're also going to talk about the, uh, well, right now, the number one team in the Big Ten, Purdue, who looked dominant tonight. We're going to talk about Illinois, who had a little flirty up-and-down game, really struggling early, then looking fantastic late. And uh, what do you know? Somebody's redshirting for Illinois. I genuinely am dreading that segment. I have no interest in like a thousand people yelling at me for like kind of correctly nailing that maybe guys weren't happy about their playing time. Like I just, I have no interest in talking about that, but we have to. Uh, And then we'll do a little broader. I don't want to just be a big 10 show. So we'll do one topic, a little broader on takeaways from the first night of college basketball Cart. I do feel obligated to address at the top, I think what did I say yesterday on the show? I was like, I'm just terrified of like a two and ten betting day, a two and nine Mm -hmm. betting day. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure I went exactly two and seven tonight or two and eight tonight. Um, I just the the weird thing is publicly, like the video I put out publicly is going to go two and one because USC is wrecking. So in this sick weird way, like I'm going to be promoting that I went two and one yesterday and now. Like everyone who actually paid money to get all my plays is like, well, you lost me seven other plays last night. Uh, I'm going to have my own day of reckoning in the next 24 hours. So apologies to anyone who uh, was all excited to tail all my bets this season and got one day in and hates me right now. Promise you I'll never work harder on getting the card correct for uh, Tuesday and beyond this week. But long season. Bottom line is we both got to bounce back. Carter's team needs to bounce back. My bets need to bounce back. And uh, bottom line, two and one on the actual Daily Picks videos. Maybe you should just ignore everything you just paid for in the dub club and just only go by the videos because that's a decent start. Uh, Card, do you have a comment of the day to kick us off today? Do you want to read like an angry tweet at you of the day?
1: Uh, whew, I mean, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, somebody actually quote tweeted my tweet that I said I was about to go record. And they posted a video of me uh excited about a lions win and i don't i I don't know i think i guess i was saying i can't relate to losing in the video i guess that was uh the main point of it but let's see what we have here in the youtube comments um two 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 okay i got this one from dave uh gardner who i believe is actually a pretty long-time listener of us he said booker is going to play play well over eight minutes greg do you have the count of how many minutes booker played in this game I don't have the exact count in front of me, do you? I do not, but I believe it was under eight minutes pretty pretty easily, if I had to guess. Oh, here um, we go. But... I got
0: it, I got it right here. Uh <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Xavier Booker played five minutes tonight.
1: Five, five minutes of mm. basketball game. In in a game where the other front court veterans, quote unquote, gave you absolutely nothing. But hmm, interesting. But anyways, to move on to the comment. Tom is smart. <clears throat> he needs one of the freshmen to pop, or at least two of the three to be serviceable players losing Joey Hauser. Can't be serviceable if you don't play them. This team can't win it. This team can't win a national championship just expecting the returning players to all make huge jumps. <clears throat> they can only afford one of the freshmen to come in super slowly and gradually get better over the years if they want to win now. Joey is a bigger loss than people think. I'm confident that this will happen, though. Good chance all three are legit rotation players. Go green.
0: <laughs> How do you feel about that comment? I mean, you, you just teeing me up with this right now?
1: Uh, I, I mean, lots of breakdown in that. I think I what I mostly take away from that, Dave, is that we are going to miss Joseph Jamal Hauser, way more than we thought way more than we thought not and, and as an appreciator of him i knew we were going to miss him i i truly did did not know it was going to be to this extent didn't realize that that's on me
0: yeah uh yeah We'll talk more about it, but I, I think we did know we were going to miss Joey Hauser. I think we've talked about it, and uh, maybe it's a little louder than we realized. But I, we, we thought it would be pretty loud. Like I think we've correctly called out, like there's no one that can shoot in this front court except for Xavier mm. Booker. And, uh, That was a massive part of it tonight, so we'll see. We'll get to Michigan State. That's going to be our first topic tonight, so if you're waiting for that segment from us, don't worry. You won't have to wait long. Hey, let's go over to the comments in the Discord from yesterday, Carter. Great day in the Discord, as always. We had the Bleacher Report stream, and uh, shout-out to everybody from the Sleepers Discord. They showed up. They showed out. They put on for us in the BR app. And uh, we're really hoping we can get some sort of reoccurring featured spot with Bleacher Report this season. We're working on it right now. We just need our sales team to close, which is me. Uh, I'm not a salesperson, so who knows (laughs) if that'll go well or not. But uh, in the meantime, here's the comments. If you want to join the Discord, the link is in the description of every single video that we do. Uh, and honestly, a great time to join would be now because you can get a little flair that says what color team you are or what team you're a fan of. And we don't have any James Madison fans in the Discord yet, so it would be really nice to see some purple. And you could come in and do some, you know, little chirps at Carter Elliott's expense. Here's the comments. Booby starts us off today. He says uh, Emmanuel Sharp has twenty tonight. I just want to let y'all know that I know ball.
1: Oh, early first game victory, Lab Booby. That's interesting, especially. Granted, I don't know who they play, but I can guarantee that Houston played the Albion College Brits. Just throwing that out there. So, but yes, you are a ball nowhere in my eyes, Booby. I will say that a lot of lot of first day victory laps. I'm 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 impressed by everyone taking them.
0: I'm telling as you, you should. If I had just hit my bets today, I'd be on a generational victory lap train right now because there's a lot of things that I said might come true this season that already look pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Jay Meisner. I actually missed this one. Jay Meisner starts us off with uh, with as much as you hear about addition by subtraction this year regarding Caleb Love in North Carolina. Is it possible that the better example will end up being Hunter Dickinson in Michigan? No, because Hunter Dickinson had 15 three and three with three threes in the first seven minutes of this game tonight for kansas that's a real thing that happened and nobody even noticed because there were so many other games on i literally flipped open the kansas box score he had 15 three and three threes by the second media timeout tonight
1: i mean <laughs> i mean dude's gonna get his stats
0: and the thing with hunter is like i do think michigan can take a step forward after he's gone But Hunter was not ever like the reason, the entire reason Michigan was bad. There were bad sides of Hunter that definitely negatively impacted the team. But if anything, it's addition and addition. Like Kansas got better getting Hunter. Michigan might get better with Hunter leaving, but it's more about the pieces around him that are changing than it is whether or not Hunter Dickinson's a good basketball player. He's a great basketball player. Bad everything else, though, like I've been saying for years. <laughs> Tristan Freeman says question from a media member to Carter. How much would Pitt beat Michigan State in a neutral site game by?
1: Uh I honestly, it definitely be a barn burner. Pitt's got some tall guys and Michigan State can't rebound. So uh I think Pitt would have a chance.
0: Freshman tonight with a triple-double for Pitt.
1: Yeah. I think I think almost. Any good team in the country would have a chance hmm. against Michigan State.
0: Hmm. Damn. Does that mean it's going to be tough to win six straight in March for number two? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tra- Travis Nelson says, "Need these thoughts read out loud by someone credible parentheses AKA you guys." Number one, Walker or Bust this year. Hogard is who he is, and that's a no show half the time. Aiken's the same thing. Uh, I was told just for the record, I'm kind of going in and out with Travis's comments right now, but I was told the notepad emoji when it comes to AJ Hogard. Um, I was told like a lot of people don't know that he is who he is. So, hmm. Hmm. Uh, number two, we knew we'd miss Joey, but not this much, man. He was solid all around. Love Joey. Miss Joey so much. He's so good. Number three, Hauser scoring will not be replaced by anybody, especially at the four crazy. This is the result. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number four, Cohen Carr is the best freshman. It's not close. Yeah, I think that's fair. Cohen looks great. And number five, Malik Hall and Mati Sissoko give you nothing. Wow, these upperclassmen stink. You want to wait on that one for the Michigan State segment? Yes, please. Okay, Derek McCurr says, uh, Is Tyson Walker more important to MSU than Zach Eady is to Purdue? No. Don't be blinded by a short-term answer here. No.
1: Zach Eady is more important than Purdue?
0: Zach Eady is more important to Purdue than Tyson is for Michigan State.
1: But isn't but but you said that without without Zach Eady, Purdue would still be a top fifteen basketball team.
0: Yeah, I think here's here's the thing. I think Zach, I need to be careful. I'm going to get like trapped in a corner here, and people are going to be all over me right now. People are there's a lot of animosity early in the season. I think Zach Eady takes Purdue from like a fringe top ten team to the best team in the country. I think that Tyson Walker is an all-American level player who takes Michigan State from being like a bubble team to a seven seed.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: What's more powerful?
1: I, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying there.
0: I, yeah,
1: yeah I, somewhat I do. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I'm just saying that I think that Purdue's really good outside, like, like of, of Zach ED, But I, I see what you're saying there. That makes, that makes sense when you put it like that.
0: Yeah, I, we're gonna talk about Purdue in a full segment, but like I literally came away today being like, Fletcher Lawyer has the easiest job on earth. Like I, I, I can't even imagine what Fletcher Lawyer, the player, looks like if Zach Eadie wasn't here, because there's so much gravity to an entry pass to Zach Eadie. Like Fletcher just catches the ball wide open every single play. Mm. Like Jaden Akins, even though he's nowhere near the caliber of Tyson Walker, like a, a team with Hogarth and Akins in the backcourt would like be forced to figure it out. And those guys have been good in games to win you games. Like it's, it's not like he's, he's, he is irreplaceable. He's not the national player of the year. Irreplaceable, valuable in my opinion. Gotcha. Uh, Macon, <laughs> do you think AJ Hogard is who he is? <laughs> Andy Katz <was> right. <laughs> this is going to be my favorite ongoing trove all season. I'm telling you, like, who is he? Who is he? We still don't know who he is. Is he who he says he is, or is he who other people think he is? It's but you can't. I well, I, we're going to talk about it, right? We are going to talk about it, but you can answer quickly in the comments. You cannot
1: do that and then perform like you did tonight. Come on, illusion, like that. If you're going to talk the talk, if you're going to tweet the tweet, if you're going to create the chip on your shoulder, don't come out there and do that. All you're doing is proving people right. Like, all those people who left you off lists and put you down on lists, they're looking like geniuses right now.
0: And, you, and you're and you looking goofy. Isn't he just a swing guy, though? Right, we'll talk more about it. But, like, there's some guys who you just know are going to swing. And you got to ride them when they're hot. And you got to abandon them when they're not. Caleb Love was but, one of uh,
1: those but, 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 Just when does uh, – you, you said who? Caleb Love. Oh, I thought we were talking about Oh, – We're talking about Hogard, though, right?
0: Yeah, I'm just saying, like – I, like I think it's okay to say AJ Hogard is who he is without like tossing him aside and saying he's like worthless or anything, right? Which I'm not, saying, not you're
1: saying, but like, yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I, I get and call me stupid, and I might be stupid for thinking it. I just thought that eventually, looking back and being like doing what I do and acting the way I act and playing the way I play has. Got me to a point where my team is losing thirteen games every single year. Maybe, just maybe, I should somewhat change how I approach the game and cut it out with the no shows and the showing up when you want to and showing up and supposedly being playing well in big games. But just it's just it's so frustrating, man. It really is. Like you just, it's not out of line to expect things out of your veteran basketball players. You you shouldn't expect them to necessarily be absolute barn burners and just lighting it up but I think it's safe to say that you can expect veterans to play with a certain sense of I've been there before I know what my team needs I need to make the right play and none of our vets had that tonight none of them except Tyson and even Tyson had his moments where I thought he let down but uh, you can't say much because he's literally the only guy out there and was trying to put the team on his back while everyone else just stood there and watched him and played scared yeah
0: yeah um yeah it's tough It's tough, man. But at the same time, like, if we're saying, like, oh, AJ's the guy who shows up for big games, this wasn't a big game. Like, was this supposed to be a big game? This isn't an NCAA tournament game. This isn't, like, the games AJ has historically been. And I get, like, I get the concept of, like, we thought these guys had a change. We thought these guys had a higher ceiling. We thought these guys were going to be different. It's like, I feel like I'm talking to my friend who just has the worst – dating history ever that's how i feel with aj hogart and with others it's like you really thought this shit was going to be different you fall for the same type every year <laughs> like that's and aj made some really good strides he really did but um I, I at a certain point these guys are who they are man like we did we really think malik hall and aj hogart had some crazy jump no, no. Like, why, why did Madi Sissoko? Like, I, why? Looking back on it, it just feels really dumb. I said it two weeks ago that they have to make the jump for us to crown them. They haven't made the jump yet. It's one game into the season. Maybe they still can make the jump. But to me, the jump comes from the new guys on the team. Not from A.J. Hogard reaching some level he hasn't reached or Jaden Akins as a third option reaching some level he hasn't reached or Madi or Malik. It's just not going to happen. Uh Matt F has some more Michigan State comments. A lot of Spartans in the Discord tonight, which is great. This is how the Discord should be used. It says Tom Izzo needs to take a hard look at himself. Realize he can't play these seniors. Maddie and Malik can't be more than 10 minute a night guys if he wants a shot at that second. Natty, he has two more comments, but I want to just quickly on that. The problem with Madi can't be more than a 10 minute a night guy is who is then? Like, you, you, Texting me one text about Carson Cooper in this game. It wasn't begging for more Carson Cooper minutes. You can't play Madi. You can't. You can't. But this is this is the quarterback thing again, though. I'm with you. He's bad. He might be better than the other centers, (laughs) like. It's not good. It's dire No,
1: no, 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 no. I'm cutting. No, I'm not allowing that. Motti is the worst center on this basketball team. Did he
0: not? Let me say this. Let me say this. I, I think I agree with you, but we need to actually flesh this out because did he not have a couple like tough in traffic on the move catches tonight that turn into dunks? Like he had good moments tonight. He did. Cause he was out there. Carson Cooper's 0 for 4 from the free throw and they're hacking every time he touches cause he's a liability and he doesn't rebound. Like. I, it's just the same it's the same i thing.
1: i get i no it's, it's not maddy's thing, uh, uh, thing you do it's the same thing you do again no maddy Māti Maddie deserves to be out there g none of them do okay but you have to play somebody so who but do you you love? can't
0: that's you have, like
1: you have to play. as a
0: fan as a fan though but that's so give me the somebody because as a fan you can't just be like that guy oh, deserves book, ten better you have to play someone Okay, if it's, if it's Booker, I'm fine with it.
1: You're not but fine with Carson? You're not fine with Cooper playing?
0: Not over I, – I, him and Mahdi are the same guy. It's the same okay. thing as the quarterback thing. They're both liabilities. Got it. Cooper has a higher ceiling because he has more years. But, guy, like, was Carson Cooper good tonight? I thought he was horrible. I thought he was horrible. No, he, no, he was. He was horrible, but he was less horrible than Mahdi. I think they were both horrible. I think Mahdi had better moments in this game than Cooper did. And you're right. It's probably because he was on the floor more. But, like – It's just like the position's bad. Let's not do the same dance we just did with quarterback. The position is bad. The room is bad. Michigan State centers are bad. They're not going to stop being bad. So either Xavier Booker ends up being good and earns minutes, or you just don't have a good center on this team. And Mm -hmm. it's really, really hard to be a top five team in the country with no center. But again, we, these are things we knew, man. (laughs) Like, is this supposed to be a surprise that you don't have a center? Did we not watch the last season of this team? Like,
1: well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think that Carson Cooper was going to be this bad. I thought he showed like a little bit signs of actually being something. He
0: fell for the off season stuff, man. And I look, I'm you said the around. same. You said the same thing. You, you just
1: say anything after the the exhibition games that he there might be something there down the
0: road for sure. Down the road, yes. Just like Caden Hauser, give him three years to see what we got, like. <laughs> This team's supposed to win a national title this year. That's what I was told. Like, but it doesn't, it doesn't add up. The math is not mathing, and I'm not a math podcast. Matt F said MSU's best lineup right now in November, in theory, is Fears, Tyson, Aikens, Carr, Cooper, followed by Booker needing more minutes. What the hell does everyone see in Jeremy Fears that I don't, man? As he, as far as he as far played as minutes tonight and did nothing. Yeah, I mean, was we're, we're we're really we're really writing in Jeremy Fears as a top five player on this team right now. He's done nothing production wise, nothing in any of the times he's been on the floor this year. <laughs> it's better than Holloman. I I think you're right, but like it's it's just crazy. It's the backup quarterback thing that just drives me nuts in general with this fan base. Like, yeah, I think Jeremy Fears had zero and one tonight. And we're like, that guy's a top five player on our team. Like, that means we just don't like the players on our team. Uh, And the last one, I've seen these MSU teams lose weird games in November through January. It still would not surprise me to watch them in OT or I think to watch them win in an elite game come March. Um, Yeah, I still, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, I still think this team can win a national championship. Just a lot needs to change. They need to go from a, a caterpillar to a butterfly. By March. That's what they need to do. You think that happens? I wouldn't bet on it happening, but I definitely believe it can happen. Definitely. But you need Mm -hmm. different players on the court for that to happen. And a lot of growth. Yeah, changes need to happen. Yeah. And a lot of growth too, genuinely. Like, even I'm not even advocating that the freshmen are like great right now. They're not, but they need to grow and be better than the broken vets that Michigan State has right now. Uh, crispy k says any explanation for moddy and malik getting all the minutes down the stretch you have a quick thought on that
1: uh seniority
0: it's trust that's the real answer tom for whatever reason trusts those guys more than he trusts the freshman right now hopefully that changes at some point uh guy you have you have more on that or do you want to move on no
1: nah, sorry i'm this this is ass, man. All
0: Let's right. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in the segment. Guy says, Sleepers Media has been trashing Nebraska all offseason, but who's 1-0 right now? Tough L for my Lindenwood boys tonight. Uh, I, I even got <laughs> the Tominaga injury news I was looking for, and still a tough loss.
1: I'm getting victory lap by Nebraska fans. I mean, just all-time low,
0: all-time. I do want to say a, uh, a staff member of Nebraska basketball went back and liked my tweet from this afternoon saying, like, Tomanaga's officially out. I sent this play to the Discord this morning. Like, get on it while you can. So, For real? Uh, yeah, I wildly respect Nebraska, like, trolling after the fact after the win. A uh, couple more quick ones here. Jack MCM says, what was the worst Big Ten performance outside of Michigan State on night one? Were there teams that were bad outside of Michigan State on night one? I had no idea.
1: Uh, Rutgers, probably.
0: It's got to be Rutgers, yeah. Yeah.
1: Or even honestly, even Ohio State.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, they got it done in the second half. I would say. Um, yeah, but, o- but o- I mean, they're still not a, good. Still in a dogfight to the end with Oakland. Yeah, Oakland is not good. Um, yeah. Look, the the conference as a whole looked horrible tonight. Mm-hmm. Except except for one team that uh I've been adamant is clearly ahead of this conference, and I feel pretty good about that after one night. Uh, final comment of today's show Cy Freed says y'all have likely already recorded tonight's episode jokes on you Cy Freed here we are but I just want to hear your thoughts on Tom Izzo's behavior in post-game interviews after losses like this this could be coming from the place of a biased in-conference rival but he kind of just shuts down and kind of pouts which is never something you want to see your coach do again this could be pure bias from me and if so feel free to let me know uh
1: I haven't had a chance to even look at Coach Izzo's like post uh post game presser or anything like that um i will say this he does have the tendency to do that i just think that's who he is i think i think like so- certain coaches just kind of had that style like i look at like a what a bill belichick does with the patriots like it's just it is what he is um but i could also see like as a as an outside fan someone seeing that and being like that that's kind of put offish i'm kind of like snooty i guess uh maybe th- is the word for it but uh Izzo's Izzo. Uh, I don't think that also he is um, not able to bear any of the blame of what happened tonight, by the way. I think a a lot of what happened also had to do with him. wasn't just players on the floor.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think Izzo wears his heart on his sleeve, both good and bad. And in a lot of reasons, like from the media side of things, it's refreshing and it's good because you want people who don't just give you like coach speak. And I don't think Tom Izzo gives you coach speak. He's not afraid to tell it like it is, whether that's things he feels really strongly disagrees with the consensus on, whether that's hating his rivals, whether that's whatever. Uh, He's not afraid to do it. Whether that's calling out his own players. And that's what he did tonight. I'll save it for the segment. But I do have one quote in front of me that uh, is a little spicy from Tom. So we'll save that for the segment. But, yeah, my only issues with Izzo are when he, like, crosses a line getting personal with rivalry stuff, which he has definitely done with Michigan in the past. And I know I've told this story before, but he like basically said Karis Levert because beeline overworked him. And that's just incredibly rude and not accurate to me. And then he's had about 11 injuries since in the seven years. So I have never heard him mention overuse on his own injuries there ever, but it was a big deal when it was Karis Levert from Michigan. So, um, that's just one example, but that's who he is. And it's good for the conference. It's good for the sport that he is who he is. So rival fans should hate it, though. That's how this goes. You're supposed to hate the most successful, most animosity, most entertaining coach there is. So continue to hate Tom Izzo. Seyfried, it's okay. Join the bandwagon with me. It is what it is. Uh, all right. Thanks to the comments. Thank you to the Discord. Thank you to Cart for powering through a little past midnight when we're recording this right now in the middle of just a devastating day. Uh, <laughs> that's... I mean, come on, man. We made you we really we made you wait three years for Michigan State to like turn the corner and be great. And then you couldn't even get one. Not even one, two games in. You had the Tennessee loss too. Like this team is just consistently stinky right now. And we have to come on here and like pretend things are fine. That's so tough for you. Man, uh Michigan State. Let's just get to it. I'll read you the Thomas L. quote. This is uh one that was pulled out from his presser tonight. He says, I don't have very good leadership right now, says players in the locker room were hurt, disappointed, I guess, embarrassed. That's the Tom Izzo quote tonight. Michigan State loses to James Madison. Uh, I I do want to note this on the front end because I don't think everybody pays attention to this as much as they should. James Madison is not a cupcake opponent. Michigan State should have beaten them. They were 16 point favorites. They probably should have won this game comfortably, in my opinion. James Madison is a good team that has a really real chance at making an NCAA tournament. And then when they get there, has a really good chance of being a team that can steal a game or two in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I loved what I saw from James Madison tonight. I thought they had a perfect game plan, extremely well coached. Uh, I don't think they shot the ball well at all. I mean, that's the thing. You didn't get like beat by hot shooting from James Madison, but. To be point blank, I thought they out-hustled, out toughed Michigan State. I thought they punked them and, like I said, had the right game plan, got in their shit, and really threw Michigan State out of everything they wanted to do. Uh, From the Michigan State side of things, there's a lot of stories here. Rotations being one story, shooting being another. This team was one for 20 from three-point range. Good luck winning a game ever, shooting one for 20 from three-point range. Uh, Tyson Walker missed six free throws tonight. Now, he made 11. He was 11 for 17, got to the line a ton. But he missed six free throws tonight, a couple of them in the clutch, just like he did uh, in the last game. Finished with 35 points. He had to do everything for this team. Everything offensively was Tyson Walker tonight. That's because Malik Hall and Jaden Akins, and for large stretches of the game, A.J. Hogard were nowhere to be found. And then the center position is what it is. It's messy, as it's always been, with Miles Sissoko and Carson Cooper, And uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show, but Xavier Booker played five minutes in this game. He did not play a minute in the second half or in overtime. So obviously not the result you wanted to see. Um, Let's just ask you point blank. How serious are the concerns after this game? Is this like full-blown panic, hang it up, the season's over? Or are you hanging in there believing there's still a really great team somewhere deep down under the surface? Uh, You know, I, I truly do
1: think that there is somewhere deep down the surface a a great Michigan State team. But I think that changes need to be made. And one of the main changes I think need to be made is that the younger guys need to have more of a chance. I get that the veteran guys are the ones that is still trust. I, I guess I can't fault him for that. I mean, when you spend and you play so many games with these guys, you probably develop some type of trust just by – seniority alone and that guy being around but god damn man like it was truly hard to watch some of the vets during this game man it's just like and i'm not even just pinpointing like the malik and Maddie's, and i feel like that's who people think i'm pinpointing where was jay nakins in this game like where was he like he comes back he's supposed to have this huge role where was he tonight i did not notice him out there for a majority of the game what was where was aj hogart at during this game it's just like all these guys all these upperclassmen disappeared in this game and honestly even the younger guys disappeared in this game i thought trey holloman didn't have that great of a game carson cooper didn't have that great of a game no one played well except for tyson and that was it and tyson did everything tyson was the only one out there who wanted it he was he got hurt at some point in the second half and uh Kind of looked like he was hobbled. Still tried to put this team on his back. He was doing steals. He was getting to the line. Obviously, he missed some clutch ones. But if it wasn't for Tyson tonight, we lose this basketball game by 20. And it's not even close. So just a lot of soul-searching has to be done by this Michigan State team. I think you also hit the nail on the head by saying they they got punked. Like, this James Madison team got to every rebound. They got to every loose ball. They were talking shit. Like, it was just – they deserve to win this game, and they didn't even play that well, in my eyes. Like, I thought, this this is a good James Madison team. I'll give them credit. And they didn't even play well, and they were still able to come into the Breslin and be the top five team in the country. So there's definitely need to be some changes that need to be made, but I, I don't know if Izzo's going to make those changes, to be honest with you. Like, uh, I know the phrase is, if I was a betting man, well, damn it, I am a betting man. I, I don't know if those changes are coming. Like, I just don't understand – how you see what's going on during that game. And you don't zag a little bit and try to throw something different in there. Like th- throw Xavier Booker out there for a little bit. Let him play through some mistakes. You let Madi and other guys on this team play through mistakes. Let Xavier Booker play through some mistakes. Let's see what he can do. Uh, In that game, there's no reason that Malik Hall should be playing more than Cohen Carr. Cohen Carr was playing better than Malik Hall in that game. He should have been in more than him. Cohen Carr's dunking that last one that Malik Hall missed that layup on. I, and, you know, honestly, and I I hate to harp on players personally and what they're doing, but it's just like what Malik's doing right now is hurting the team. He is. What Mahdi's doing right now is hurting the team. And I'm not even talking just offense. Like the defensive pick and roll thing was atrocious tonight. Pick and roll defense was absolutely atrocious. Uh, rebounding was atrocious. And those are all things that we need our front court players to step up and do. And they just didn't do it tonight.
0: So here's my issue with this. Um, you're right on pretty much everything you said. I think this was as bad as Michigan State can play, essentially. I, I don't know, man, as crazy as it sounds, like, I don't think this was a great Tyson Walker game. <laughs> like, no, I, no, he he was making a lot of winning plays, but like he didn't shoot. Like, honestly, yeah. he didn't shoot that well. That first half was really bad by him. Honestly, I mean, he was zero for five from three. He missed six free throws. Like, I, I to me, this was like a Tyson. I'm going to do everything in my power to put the team on my back and steal us a win we don't deserve game. And he almost did like he had six deals. He he had some big moments for sure. He had chances to win it individually where they kind of just, I mean, the last possession of regulation was like, give Tyson the ball, get out of the way. Um, I think we both are okay with that. Like, I think we'd rather see Tyson with the ball and get out of his way than the ball in anybody else's hands at this point. But um, I just, I don't know. Like Tyson, Tyson's the only guy who outside of Cohen Carr, did anything notable tonight. I mean, I guess you can pick out like Jay Nakins had 11 rebounds and he had a couple moments where he like bully balled his way to the rim, but nobody could make a shot. The centers are abysmal. It's a disaster. Like, I, I don't think that's a stretch to use those type of words. Like the, these guys are bad. These guys were bad all of last year. Just the difference is the team didn't have expectations of winning a national championship. This year's team like is supposed to. The problem is they didn't really upgrade anything, right? And we were told this freshman class was so special that everything got upgraded, but the starting center is not upgraded. It's not the power forward spot is a huge step backwards from Joey Hauser and uh, no offense to Cohen Carr, who I think has been awesome thus far, but it's a step back from Joey Hauser, even if Cohen Carr is playing that position like what Joey Hauser provided from a spacing perspective and from a rebounding perspective is essentially the two things this team doesn't have right now. And we, we might think Cohen cars better than Malik Hall at him because he is, we might think he's the best option in the front court. Cause right now it looks like he is, but like Joey Hauser, it was so good. Like, I don't, I don't think at least until the end of the year, Cohen Carr is even going to approach the type of impact that Joey Hauser had. So then you're just looking at like, Okay, is it depth that wins things for this game? Because I was told this is one of the deepest teams in the country. In fact, I think I used those words multiple times. Was this team is so good and so deep and everyone that plays is good. Except the problem is like the bench did nothing outside of Cohen Carr in this game. Like go, go up and down the, the list here. Carson Cooper's the guy everyone wants to win the center spot. He had zero points and four rebounds. 0 for 4 from the free throw line. Didn't attempt a shot in 17 minutes that's the guy who's supposed to be our starting center now. Like he's not there and Marty isn't either, but at least Marty had some catches and dunks in this game. Like Trey Holloman right now is getting most of the backup guard minutes. And I mean, he got torched one-on-one on on an Island on the last play of the game. Trey Holloman's the only guy who hit a three tonight. Uh, He had two turnovers though. Like he just, to me, he's a bench guy that you don't really want playing. He's not better than any of the starting guards. You don't want him cutting into minutes there. And then everybody keeps telling me Jeremy fears is ready. He's ready. He's ready. Oh my God. He's ready. He's so good. He's ready at one point and one assist tonight in 12 minutes. Like he's just out there for me. Like he doesn't look out of place. It's not like when you see him have the ball, you're worried, but he's not ready from a big 10 producing level, which is what you need if you're a national championship team. Like, this isn't about let's bring the freshman along. This is about, like, we need guys who are ready to win. And tonight, nobody on the roster from the top to the bottom outside of Tyson Walker and Cohen Carr was ready to contribute to a win at home against James Madison. That's horrifying to me. And I guess the, the larger question is, is it because everyone had a bad game? Is it because everyone struggled? Or is it more that, like, this is these guys because I, I wish I, I genuinely miss. I wish I could look you in the camera and be like, it was just a bad game. This stuff's going to work out. They're not going to shoot that poorly again. My problem, which, you know, you've heard me say jokingly in the past, these teams have not been good. These teams have not been elite basketball teams built around this core of players. And I like I watched this team do I think I said it last week. It, it's not fun for me to watch this team. What I really mean by that is like I don't think this team is that good on the court when Hall and Sissoko are in the game. Like I just I don't see it at all. There's no shooting, there's no rebounding. It's everyone just stand around and watch Tyson Walker go one on one. And like tonight, James Madison said, We're gonna put three bodies on you the moment you drive. Like they left Malik Hall wide open. They left dudes wide open. And no one can make you pay except for Jaden Atkins and Tyson Walker. And I don't know how you fix that because to me, there is no like guy you can point to that's like, this guy's ready or this guy's going to get better. Like, I guess that's Cohen Carr, but even Cohen Carr is not a shooter. Like he's not going to start making threes in December.
1: I, I'm trying to think how I want to, how I want to word this. I think you're right. I think that, there, there isn't another level for some of these guys. I think they are what they are. And if they continue to play the amount of minutes that they play, that's what you're going to get. Like, I don't think you could, What, what is the the phrase? Like you, you do things a certain amount of times. It's just like, it's insanity at that point. Like, I, I just wonder if Coach I was going to reach the point where he's like, I, I, these guys just might be what they are. And I got to see what I have with other guys if you have all this talent and you have all these players, because I do think that he has, I think this team has depth and if they don't prove it to me that they don't, but I'm not going to completely buy it because you're not even giving other dudes a chance to show you have that. Like, is not the point of having depth when guys aren't playing? Well, you give other guys a chance.
0: Isn't so that the point? Here's, of it? here's the thing though. When we say like guys aren't being given a chance, that's just Xavier Booker, right? It's just Xavier. yeah, yeah Booker. yes, yes. Okay. So we're we're to the point one game into the season where we're just like Xavier Booker's just not getting the chance he needs. I'm okay with saying that. In fact, I think I've been tweeting it. Like his minutes really matter to me. I wanted to see more Uh, Izzo, just to call it what it is. By the way, Izzo flat out lied. Izzo hit the podium four days ago this week and said, yeah, he, he didn't play because he missed a shoot around. And the goal is for everybody to play less than 30 minutes so that Xavier Booker can play lie. He played five minutes tonight and, Tyson Walker played 38 minutes in a loss while hurt, by the way, while like clearly limping for most of the game. Like this was not, this was absolutely not like a, Oh, we're we're not going to play our best players so we can get Xavier. But like, no, he doesn't trust Xavier Booker. And this, the shitty part, man, is even while I'm camping for Xavier Booker, I can see why he doesn't trust Xavier Booker. Oh yeah. I I can can too, unfortunately. So that's it. like, that's my issue is like, if we're really going to sit here and be like, The coaches screwed this up. We have to have an answer we actually feel good about. And like, I would personally try more Booker, even despite the issues. But like, Booker was giving up rebounds tonight. He wasn't playing hard. And the one thing you can't do if you're going to play for Tom Izzo is not play hard. So like, I'm just racking my brain trying to think of what the fix is. Because I, you know me, you know, I'd love to sit here and be like, it's the coach's fault this happened. I don't really think it is. Like, I think if we're blaming anyone from this game, it's like, hey, veterans who were down 15 to one tennis to Tennessee seven days ago, like, hey, AJ Hogard, who's pouting this whole game and not doing anything like afraid to afraid to drive just standing in the corner like, hey, Jay Nakins, who has not added shit to his game. He's the same guy (laughs) like. Hey, Malik Hall, who's visibly broken, but yet somehow the whole team keeps going to him in the clutch. We're giving Malik Hall post isos in a one possession game when you have, you're supposed to have the best backcourt in the country. And we're going to that guy right now. Like I just, I have no idea what any of these vets are thinking. They've been horrendous through one exhibition in one game. And I, I don't think it should be point the fingers at the coaching staff. Like he played Tyson Walker 38 minutes tonight. He's really supposed to tinker more like <laughs> the, the, the vets got to show up. They got to play better. And I don't know. I, like I've said, I kind of think this is who they are, man. Like, obviously, they're good enough to beat James Madison. And if you play that game 20 times, I think they win it 18 of 20 because they just make more shots more often than not. But like this isn't a top five team in the country. It never was going to be around A.J. Hogard and Malik Hall and Madi Sissoko. Like the whole premise was Xavier Booker had to be nasty. For this team to actually be that good. And maybe they will be by March. But right now he's not playing hard and he's the 11th guy. So where does that leave you? <laughs> like, wait, is Michigan State a top 25 team right now? Like, can, what can you say confidently this Michigan State team is?
1: Uh, I can say confidently they're a top 25 team. They ain't a top 10 team. Okay.
0: Right now. Okay. Ken Palm has him 24 after tonight for the record. That sounds about right. Which is just like, it's just so far from everything we were told all off season, you know. Like, yeah, I f- I feel I feel
1: betrayed. I feel lied to, and I don't know if it I don't know if it's coming across like that. It should because you also just threw out a Ken Palm ranking at me, and I didn't even blink at it.
0: All right, can I do my first Michigan State prediction to you of the season? Yep. They're gonna beat Duke. They're going to beat Duke. There you have it. They're going to beat Duke. We can come back to this a week from now. Why? Uh, I think guys are going to play better. I think the guys I just said need to look themselves in the mirror are going to play better. Okay. I respect that. And you know what? They might play better. We're not beating Duke. Okay. I tweeted about the, the parallax of AJ Hogarth. Is that a real word, by the way? Parallax, yeah, Yeah. I had I had to Google it. Not a never heard, never heard. Yes, it's like a depending. I think it means uh, depending on your perspective, you can see things two different ways. Like there's two different Mm -hmm. perspectives looking at one thing. The AJ Hogard parallax is like you can't be good without him, but you can't be good with him. I think it it applies perfectly. Like you're kind of just stuck in this no in the middle, right? We said you're in the middle. You got to find the middle. They're they're constantly in the middle, in the void now with AJ. Tonight he was horrendous, man. Uh he killed my little I had a player prop I need five assists from AJ Hogart. He had three with like ten minutes left, plus five in overtime, and just he didn't want the ball. Like I yeah. I've I've never and, seen AJ Hogart not want the ball. And
1: and he was terrible defensively. He had an awful foul on a three-point shooter in the corner, and then he closes out short to the best shooter in the gym. When we're like, it's just Stuff you don't do as a guy when you have played so much basketball, you're supposed to be a vet and you're supposed to be a leader and you're supposed to have this chip on your shoulder and you're supposed to tweet emojis and people forget who you are and you am.
0: And you do that and you just are. I want to ask this briefly, then I swear we'll move on to the next topic so we have more to get to. Um, Honestly, be honest with me on this. Does this backcourt work? Like, I know it worked last year, especially in the three-game run in the NCAA tournament, right? Like, they just – they played well. Everybody played well, and it clicked. I'm not saying, like, there's not going to be games where it clicks and they look great. But, like, there was so much talk about, like, this is the best backcourt in the country. Like, that was a huge thing. Mm. And, I'm like, the more I look at it, man, it felt a little clunky to me last year, even though it worked in the big moments. Like, it felt clunky at times. And – you add an extra year of this where, like, we were told all three of these guys made these ridiculously unselfish decisions, which they did. I give them credit. They were all mature about it. They all came back for the greater good. Well, now the season's here. Like, Tyson Walker just played 38 minutes, shot 26 times, and scored 35 points. Jaden Akins still, I don't think, has the role he at least probably hoped he was going to get. And I think AJ, Hog- I don't know what to make of AJ right now. Is AJ Hogard like upset about something? Is he not? Is that just who, like, I'm confused. It feels clunky to me in general. And it feels like there's an added level of like, I don't want to say immaturity, but just this added level of mental shit that wasn't there last year. Does this backward work or not? <laughs> uh, I, I think that, I think it works, but I think it works dependent
1: on other things, I guess. Like to me, when I think and looking back on it, the best backcourt should work no matter what. Like I'm thinking, uh, honestly, I was just watching the end of that uh, USC game. Isaiah Collier and Boogie Ellis work no matter what, no matter what are the three guys you put around them. I think it's somewhat contingent of what the four spot is with this Michigan state team to the backcourt working because, they need that space. Like Joey gave this team space. You saw tonight. There was no space. Any, I mean, honestly, Tyson getting to the free throw line was kind of evident about how much spacing there just wasn't was. Cause he was driving in three guys and they were following him or he was hitting yeah. shots or he was missing shots, but he was doing something to get him up basically. But there's just, there was no spacing tonight. There was the, honestly no movement either. Like the offense just looked really weird. It, and like it's, it, and, it and we were told all summer it shouldn't look weird because the backcourt's so great. And A.J. Hogar is this floor general, and he's one of the best point guards and one of the best passers in the country. And we looked awful offensively tonight outside of Tyson Walker. And even when Tyson Walker's offensive game, to me, looked ugly because it was just him going against five guys every single time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of think, again, it's, it's personnel-based more than anything, but I don't think you can play two non-shooters at the four and the five together With A.J. Hogarth, I just don't think you can do it, even if Tyson and Aikens are there. And maybe if you play a stupid defensive team, you can. But like anyone with a a good coach is just going to do what James Madison did tonight, which is like put five bodies in the paint and not let Tyson Walker drive. And I don't know, man, I don't know where that leaves A.J. Because like obviously you can cycle the front court guys in and out. But again, the problem is like Cohen is the one guy you would put in from the bench in the front court. He can't shoot at all. He's worse than the other two at shooting. So <laughs> there's not enough shooting, man. I keep coming back to it. There's not enough shooting, and uh, I don't know. Maybe this forces Isos hand on like Garrick Normand as crazy. As I, was, that I was I was I was
1: just gonna say like not to sound crazy, but like he he's that's what that's what his mo is.
0: Yeah, I heard, he, I heard he shot great. I mean, everybody shoots great in warmups, but like I heard the kid didn't miss at all in warmups tonight. So might, uh, might be something might be something to think about. I'm trying to, th- I've really been trying to think of like a radical solution to all that. Could you play Cohen Carr at the five? Go small.
1: Honestly, the way that our bigs have been rebounding, I don't think it's the worst thing. I actually thought outside of Cohen's ability to like dunk the ball, which is evident and moving off the ball. I thought defensively he was actually pretty good. I, he did get lost on those last two ones that hurt us, but I thought for the most part defensively and rebounding wise, at least what my eye saw, he was he was pretty good. I, I know I know his rebound numbers might not add up on the actual statistics uh, box score, but from what I saw, I just thought he was one of the better rebounders. So you know, and especially in this game, like yes, J.B. Bickerstaff, um, sorry, not J.B. Bickerstaff, but Bickerstaff's son who played for uh james madison uh i thought he was pretty dominant on the glass but he wasn't necessarily like just an oversizing power like i I thought like maybe cohen Carr could actually hung with him uh playing the five position
0: yeah yeah um yeah i don't know i don't think there's as many good bigs in the big ten as there have been in the past so maybe like just embrace small balls a thing but again i don't know how you embrace small ball without xavier booker because even if you start cohen Carr at the five you're still playing a non-shooter at the four And if you were going to go like crazy four guard lineup, like four guards in Cohen Carr, Trey Holloman's the guard you bring in and he can't shoot. (laughs) So like, they're just like, even none of the bench guys can shoot. That's my problem. Like, it's crazy to me that Cohen Carr and Trey Holloman just can't shoot. And those are your bench guys. Like, I I don't know what you do with that when you already have three starters that can't shoot. It's crazy. It's crazy formula. Uh, two very quick final questions, like speed round is Malik Hall completely broken. Yes or no? Yes. There's no coming back from it. No. That's really sad. I feel for him. You could tell he's just mentally shattered. I don't know if it's the injury or what, but like this was who he was down the stretch of last year. And it clearly didn't get right in the summer. And that's really, really tough. Um, and then last, last thing it's the first week of March. Like the final week of the regular season in Big Ten play. How many minutes is Xavier Booker playing? Less than 10. Then what happens? Is he in the NBA draft? Is he in the transfer portal? Is he back in Michigan State next year? He's
1: not back in Michigan State. Draft or portal? Either one. Pick one. Draft. Okay. Okay.
0: I think we could see a Kalel Ware path here. We'll see. Um, I mean, at, at bare minimum, hopefully you get a year or two out of him. If that's really where this is headed, if he's playing ten minutes or less, hopefully there's a path forward. Because I believe in the kid's talent. I really, really do. But the effort stuff was on display tonight, so I don't know what you do with that. All right, only up from here for Michigan State. Chin up, big fella. We got a Maybe. long, long show. You don't, you, don't, you don't know that. Listen, man. It's not like you're going to lose more than thirteen games. AJ Hogarth doesn't do that. I need a, I need a damn beer. I wanted a cocktail before the show, and you told me we weren't drinking. Now here you are getting a I, beer.
1: I, I didn't want to, but like, gotta leave. It's just like rehashing all this.
0: Can you walk upstairs to my kitchen and make me a cocktail right now?
1: Oh, it's just like this. the The
0: first forty minutes of that, I just felt like I just took a, a
1: gallon of peroxide and just. Corded on my open wound.
0: Okay, can Just you burned. can you tee up the Purdue game while I go get myself a beer? I'm not going to let you drink a beer on my own show without me.
1: Tee up the Purdue. Sure, why not? Yeah. Okay. Let me let me tee let me tee up the conversation we're going to have about the best team in the Big Ten, maybe the best team in the country. Comes out as 19 and a half point favorites and does what a big great Big Ten team should do. They cover. They win easily. They get up in this game. I think it was 21 to one. Before you could even blink, um, Braden Smith looked really good. Honestly, I thought everyone, in my opinion, looked real good for, um, for Purdue. Now, Sanford, uh, not good team. I know that, uh, folks might say they're better than you think. They're just not a good basketball team. Wait, but...
0: wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Is James Madison a good team? Yeah. And Sanford is not. Sanford is not a good team. No. Three spots away on Ken Palm prior to tonight
1: one team is predicted to win their conference and pre- was predicted to make the national tournament one team was not
0: James Madison 22 and 11 last season Samford 21 and 11 last season they're pretty similar in we're, caliber we're not going
1: to. no they're not
0: Greg come on bro. they literally are every computer no, systems as not. they are yes they are
1: Okay. All right. Go. I'm not even gonna argue that. You can have it.
0: Why are they not?
1: One team is predicted to win their conference this year and make the tournament. One team is not.
0: According to whose predictions? Like I've seen Samford predicted as much as I've seen James Madison to like factor into their conference race.
1: Really? Yes. Oh, I must have missed that one. I I'm very
0: confused right now. No, I'd like to look this up. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Cause it's I, not like there, either one of these teams
1: are Florida Atlantic, but like yeah, no, no, not not at all. I just I I'm actually intrigued to like know if I missed something here.
0: Sanford was picked uh, fourth in the SoCon preseason poll by the coaches, one vote behind third place.
1: Okay. While James Madison was picked to win the Sun Belt and make the tournament. As a, I think they're projected 30 according, according to who? Uh, Mike DeCoursey. Mm. CBS. Okay. All right. But, I, but anyways, Purdue looked dominant against not a bum team, not a cupcake team, a good basketball team, not as good as James Madison. There you go. Uh, and they dominated the game, and they looked good. Nothing really much to say about it, to be honest. They
0: dominated from the tip. It was 21-1 before you could even blink. Are we taking Mike DeCoursey over Ken Palm? Is that what we're doing? Like in terms of team caliber, Mike DeCoursey's the guru. Yeah, you realize you're asking. You realize who you're asking that question too, right? I just, I kind of feel like if we were like, I don't know, making a comparison between like Ken Palm and Mike DeCoursey, maybe one could say hypothetically, like they're in the same tier, but maybe like Ken Palm is Purdue and Mike DeCoursey is Michigan State. Maybe I can see that. Just throwing that out there. Um, No, you're right. James Madison, uh, I stand corrected. They were picked to win their conference, and uh, Sanford was not. James Madison looked great tonight, obviously, in a lot of ways, other than, I mean, they shot the ball horribly and still got a road win, but uh, Sanford did not look great. That little guard that Sanford started was horrendous, by the way. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah,
1: the the Italian
0: dude. So before before we talk the Purdue side of this, I actually have some serious problems with Sanford that I want to address on the show. Uh, this kid's name, uh, Dalton, Gra- no Dallas, Dallas Graziani. I can't believe I messed his name up. Five foot eight. This is the kid they like propaganded out to say it's the most, uh, most hyped up, most anticipated tip <laughs> to open a game. Like that's it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The fact that this, I get this coach had to do this. Like it was part of their marketing scheme. Someone in the social media department probably came to him with this. But, like, you can't tell me this program took this game serious if that's how they approached this game. Like, everything was literally like comedy videos about we're going to tip off against Zaggy with our five foot eight guy. <laughs> like, and then they actually yeah. did it. And, like, then they immediately tried to flip from like this hilarious comedic photo op moment to like, we're going to pick you up full court and press you. And Purdue was just like, are y'all kidding me right now? <laughs> like Lance, Lance Jones, two minutes into this game, almost got thrown out of the game for like, just not dealing with their bullshit. And I don't even think Purdue did anything wrong in any of these spots, but this game was like incredibly chippy because Sanford like thought they could come in and clown one of the best teams in the country. Maybe just because fairly Dickinson did. Like, I think these guys literally just like watched the Matthew loves B-ball Real of this, and we're like, oh, haha, we're small. We can do this. And then <laughs> they just kind of ran out of the gym. Like I've never seen a slaughter in Mackey like this. and they were still like with a minute left in this game down fifty, they were pressing. It was insane. I've never seen anything like this. uh so just for the record, not a Sanford podcast. I'm wildly underwhelmed with y'all. You guys, I thought were comedy tonight. And uh, it, a big part of this was Purdue looking really good, but a large part of the story was that Sanford's just a total joke.
1: Yeah. I mean, w- when they released this jump ball thing, I think my first comment in the discord was like, I'm taking alternate line minus 26 and a half. Cause all this hoorah bullshit, like this crazy. is crazy. It's crazy. Aren't you trying to win a basketball game? If I'm on Sanford's team, I'm low key. Like, what is like this sideshow, like cornball stuff you're doing? Like, I know, like, we're underdogs, but you got us going in here like we're Make-A-Wish kids or something like that. We're trying to, like, just get a couple laughs or something like that. We're trying to win a basketball game. At least that's what those dudes on the team were probably thinking. And
0: they got dog walked bad.
1: Yeah. Real bad. Real bad.
0: So, you know how Tom Izzo hit the podium and was like, I'm going to play all my guys under 30 minutes. And then he went out at home and lost to an okay-ish team and played Tyson Walker 38 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Painter did what Tom Izzo said he would do. So let's just do a quick minute count of everybody here. You got Edie, who only played 20 tonight, by the way. at 16 and 11 in just 20 minutes. I think you're going to see a lot of stat lines like that. I think you've correctly called this out of like purdue doesn't care about the regular season the same way i don't know that i would say it that way i would say like they just aren't gonna put zach ed in any risky proposition i don't think they care about him winning national player of the year this year otherwise he would have been racking up numbers in this game uh braden smith led the team in minutes with 22 he looked phenomenal we can talk more about him in a minute lance jones was the only other guy over 20 listen to these minute counts from everybody else in this team fletcher lawyer 17 minutes mason gillis 17 minutes Cam Heidi, 16 minutes. Miles Colvin, 16 minutes. Ethan Morton, 15 minutes. Caleb First, 13 minutes. Trey Kaufman-Wren, 15 minutes. I mean, these guys are all like cannibalizing each other. Like when we get to March, they're not all going to do an even timeshare of 15 minutes, right? But I actually thought I was most impressed out of everything with Purdue. I was most impressed with that big collection group of guys because we sounded the alarm, so we were worried about the three. Uh, and the four and i just named a bunch of dudes that can all play that i thought all busted their ass for lack of a better word tonight like i i said this in one of the i don't remember if it was the discord or somewhere else but like it really feels to me like you can tell when purdue's role players get their shot one by one they know it's their shot like there's no like not emptying the tank for any of these guys like i thought you saw really good things from Ethan Morton tonight, which I have not seen a lot of in the past. He had five assists in 15 minutes. And some of them were like genius level IQ, no look type passes. Um, Colvin had flashes. He had eight shot attempts in 16 minutes, but he made three of them, including two threes. His athleticism was on full display. Uh, Cam Heidi just is going to be a pest. I mean, for however long he's in a Purdue uniform, that kid can play. He can play as a starter. He can play as a sixth man. doesn't matter. He can be the fifth option. Who knows if there's more down the line, but like he made three or four threes tonight and he was all over the place. Um, And then Mason Gillis, like he he was the quiet one, but he did the little things tonight. Like again, three assists in 17 minutes. This team shares the basketball. Their role players, I think, are in a spot now where they know that if they aren't giving 100% effort and playing to their ceiling, they're going to lose minutes to somebody else. And that's a that's a luxury spot to be in for one of the best teams in the country. When like you get to that point where you, you know, you've got your three stars and there's two spots open for six talented ass dudes. And instead of getting like a few of those guys B game, you're getting six different guys, a game. And I think that makes Purdue so dangerous.
1: Yeah. I, I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw from Purdue I, but also at the same time, I was like, not surprised I feel like me and you have been pretty, pretty adamant about how we feel about Purdue. Now, granted, we're wavering a little bit with the Lance Jones thing at the three, which I will say for people that are victory lapping, be like, I told you about Lance Jones, told you about Lance Jones, relax, okay? Like, actually... Actually, relax. I expect for Lance Jones to be special against Graziani. Okay, he should be. Well, can we relax? Can
0: we step back in here because he wasn't special tonight? That's the thing. I went, (laughs) I went back and forth with somebody who was like, I think it was G Wizzy, and tagged me into like a response to somebody who was like, can we talk about the Lance Jones haters? Uh, Twenty minutes for Lance Jones tonight. He definitely played as if he's like a key cog of this team. He was three for nine from the floor. He was zero for four from three. He was zero for one from free throw. Does that sound like your shooter, <laughs> guys? Is that, is that what shooters do? They go 0 for 4 from 3 and 0 for 1 from free throw. By the way, I said this to you privately before we clicked record, I think, but, like, it's got to be so much easier to be a shooter when you have Zach Eady on the court with you. Like, oh, I'm sweet. sorry, but, like, if you if you shoot 40% with Zach Eady on the court, you really are like a 35% shooter. We need to start baking in a 5% inflation rate because these (laughs) shots are just wide open, dude. They're wide open shots. If you're not making shots as a shooter next to Zach Eady, something is completely wrong. And uh, look, Jones isn't making shots. Make no mistake about it. I have questioned this man's shooting ability based on his entire career resume as a shooter. And uh, you can give me the, well, he shot 48% on catch and shoots if you want to. At a certain point, Whatever is defined as a catch-and-shoot or not doesn't matter to me. Did he make shots tonight or no? He was 0 for 4 tonight. Uh, I think he had an 0 for last game as well. He's not making shots for Purdue right now. Um, and of all those guys that I said impressed me, quite frankly, I think Jones may have been the least impressive of that group. Not to, like, double down because I don't think he was bad, but um, I just I feel that it's very clear that Jones is still learning how to play next to Zach Eady. I felt like that shined through like he he screwed up an entry pass that if you've played enough with Edie, you just don't screw up like he underthrew it and he kind of just took some questionable shots where like he didn't know if he's supposed to shoot it yet or not. I think he'll get there and I like his grit and his toughness. But yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing like the oh, we got our third guy. Yeah,
1: also uh, <laughs> this just came in my head. Is it that much of a learning curve to learn how to play with Zach Edie seems pretty simple.
0: It is and it isn't. I like. I get where you're going with it, but I actually think like, because when you play with Zach Eady, Braden Smith's a really good example of this. This there was one play tonight that Braden Smith curled up to the top. He had a catch and shoot three that was open. It was open, and he kind of like hesitated, and it wasn't out of like afraid to shoot. He had just banged three threes in a row, but he read the play so well to know that if he waited half a second he would have Zach Eady on a seal where he could just catch and finish a hook that's unguardable. And Braden Smith has now played enough with Zach Eady to know, like I'll take a guaranteed two over a semi-contested three. Like, and Braden Smith is like hundred out of a hundred IQ to me right now when he's taking care of the basketball. But like for a guy who's never played in a system like that and has to adjust to play in the national player, I do think it's difficult because Lance Jones comes in thinking like, Oh, I'm here to shoot the ball. You're not always there to shoot the ball when you're playing with Zach ED. Sometimes you're there to get the ball to Zach ED. And I think Mm -hmm. Lance Jones struggled with that in spots tonight, like just a little unsure of when to do what. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was just breaking it down more simply, like
1: really you need to throw it into ED. Yeah. So basically, and that's not easy too, by the way. Once again, let me bring on my post, but there is an art form to getting the ball into the post. And there are actually players, guards in general who cannot pass the ball into the post and it's actually baffling at times, but it, there, there is a little bit more that goes into it, I think. And I don't know if it's the, because I'm halfway through this beer already or, or not, but I've just had like some type of futuristic Raven Simone type vision that Zach Edie comes back and we get Zach Edie for another year and then third year Braden Smith. And that becomes like the greatest guard, big duo in college basketball history. And Purdue will have that. Purdue will hold on to that forever.
0: There's a lot of people out there that like to say that I am a little biased. Maybe I'm not the most objective. Maybe I have my narratives and I stick to them and I I say inappropriate things. Can I come publicly and admit that I said something wrong this offseason? I'd like to own it. Wow, sure. I compared Fletcher Lawyer to Kyle Guy. I let me know where to send flowers to, to the guy residents. Um, I'm sorry. Fletcher lawyer. First of all, has hit the weight room less than I have since I became a father. That's horrifying. It's been one time that I've hit the weights since becoming a dad. Fletch hasn't done that though. Fletch like has lost muscle since last season, this kid, man, he gets bounced off the ball. if He does anything. Someone needs to tell him just shoot the basketball. And he made four of six from three tonight. But like, I thought he passed up like three open threes to dribble in traffic and it got knocked away or just taken from him. So I don't, I still don't know what it is with Fletch man. Like I, he's obviously good, but it, just, it leaves you wanting more, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I agree. But all in all dominant win by Purdue. I think we spent a little bit too much time on, on Purdue for my liking, but completely dominant win by them. Uh, They did what they were supposed to do. They handled their business. Uh, Not every Big Ten team can say that.
0: Hoffman, Wren, and Lance Jones for Jaden Akins and Malik Hall. That should be an automatic yes for you, by the way. That's a win-win immediately for both sides. Is it? Yeah, 100%. But, like, Kaufman, wren doesn't help us anything at the four – or see, like, our five. I'm going to say something a little crazy here, Cart. Uh-huh. What's the difference between Lance Jones and Jay Nakins? Jay Nakins Jay makes make threes. It. That's it. Yeah. And not really a difference other than that,
1: right? Is Lance Jones a good defender? I I, I might be wrong. Yeah, very is good he? defender. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, Aikens is probably more athletic than Jones.
0: Jones is pretty, like, at least tough. Like yeah. I, he, I wouldn't he, say he's he, not bouncy. Is he bouncy? I don't, I don't know. I think. I don't know. I think so. I just, yeah. man, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if you had Kaufman, Ren as your big and a, a slightly more watered-down Jay Nagans, got rid of Malik Hall, so you have to play Cohen Carr at the four. All of a sudden, Purdue gets an actual, like, four-shaped person to play next to Edie. Uh, like, a,
1: four-shaped, a four-shaped person.
0: I think it would work, man. I think we should phone that in for both sides. Um, actually, Purdue might say no to that just because they want to sabotage Michigan State. <laughs> they probably know they don't even need that and just want to keep you all bad. Uh, okay. All right. Good job, Boilers. Appreciate you. We'll talk more about you this season, I'm sure. Um, okay. Third topic. Illinois, like I said, I'm dreading this topic tonight. If you're an Illinois fan who's coming to this video to uh, hate watch this or I don't know, I I guess I don't really know what it would be. I feel like I kind of got victory lapped tonight, even though I'm confused why other people were victory lapping, because I kind of think what happened tonight was the reason we had the conversation we had last week. Even if people didn't like what we said, like we kind of implied there could be consequences to people realizing they're in small roles. And uh, whether or not that's unhappiness or not, I'm not even saying it is unhappiness, because guys' body language was great today, by the way. Body language PhD goes both ways. Body language was great. (laughs) Body language was great for Illinois tonight. It really was. Uh, There's still consequences. Like, a guy that I thought was going to matter for this team this year just – decided to redshirt after the first game of the season. That's crazy. We're talking about Sincere Harris, if you don't know that yet. Uh, Brad Underwood came out with the news in the post game that Sincere has informed to him that he would like to redshirt. What I've been told, I did try to do some digging on this. I know Illinois fans are going to throw this out because I have no sources. Uh, oh, the digging that I did was that this was a very unselfish move by Sincere. They are not expecting any transfer portal nonsense. This was him realizing he's kind of out of the rotation and he needs to get better and he values his long-term career for Illinois. It remains to be seen if that's true. I tend to believe it straight up. You're not going to hear me come bash Sincere Harris for this. This is an unselfish move on paper from a guy that has only shown good qualities as a teammate. So if that's what happened here, very mature decision from a kid and I applaud him for it. Uh, At the same time, Illinois had an up and down game tonight, which uh, has happened for Illinois teams before they were trailing Eastern Illinois early um, down like seven points early in the game, kind of flirted like around the seven to 10 mark into like 10 minutes through the game. And then they turned it on quick. Uh, They ended up up 12 at halftime. Again, flipped the switch, went on a huge run and then just blew them out in the second half, won the second half, 43 to 27, 80 to 52 was the final score and the story to me carter was dre Gibbs lawhorn once again a name that we mentioned in the segment everyone got so upset with us on i think my exact words were something along the lines of you know that if dgl's not playing he's not gonna be happy for the record i stand by that do you know what happened tonight He played, (laughs) which is why why we talked about why I think it's so important is because, one, I believe in DGL's talent. I think through the moon, he's a talented basketball player. And two, if he's playing, if he's even just like a 15 to 20 minute part of the rotation, I think he's happy and keeping DGL happy is important to me because I think if you keep DGL happy, I think this whole team is happy for the most part. That's all I was trying to imply, even if I chose bad words. So from my perspective, it was great to see Dre gibbs Lawhorn be great tonight and play real minutes. He played 19 minutes. He had 18 points, 7 for 10 from the floor, two for 5 from 3, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. I thought the kid was a massive part of why Illinois was good tonight. What did you see from DGL? Yeah, I,
1: I, I mean, I think we saw a kid that we, we were high on and we knew that he would be a guy that when he gets onto the floor, he'd be able to make an impact. And to go off your comment, I think this is kind of how I would clear it up or if I worded it wrong as well. It's impossible to keep every guy on a team happy. Whether it appears that they're happy or it appears that they're not, it's impossible to do so. But what I'll say is that as a coach, If you have a chance to keep talented guys happy, you should do that because they're talented. So in a game like today, DGL is probably feeling really good because he got his minutes and he got it and he had a good showing. And that's good for him because I think that gets him feeling good about himself. And also it affects winning in this game. Granted, it's against lower competition, but like those minutes, him playing, him being successful, I think that will lead to something going down the line for illinois and i think that he can be a part of the success this season so it's good to see um and it's 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 not us anticipating drama of any sort for illinois i'm a guy who picked illinois to be just uh, to, to flirt with being a top four team in the conference and terrence shannon jr to be an all-american and coleman hawkins to do this and do that so you know i'm looking for this team to have success um and i think they will uh, and and I think they had the role players in place to do it. And, you know, they got to a slow start, but they were able to pull away in the second half. So it's not that really you can say negative about this game. A lot of guys played. Um, I do want to comment on the Sincere Harris thing, though, just because it's just odd to see a guy do that in today's day and age. But I think it speaks to who Sincere is as a kid. Like everyone who speaks about him kind of talks about how he's a team first, self-aware type of guy and he was self-aware that he's not going to have minutes this year and credit to him for doing that kind of hurts me a little bit because I like Washington's here on the floor like even if I just feel like there could have been some minutes for him this year as a change of pace press type guy now maybe granted not a lot but I do think there's a certain skill set that he brings that could help Illinois as a change of pace in some situations but you know he he realizes he's he's not going to get the minutes that he wants this year in his red shirt which is very rare i think in today's day and age especially if it's not because of an injury it's just a kid himself saying you know what i want a red shirt
0: yeah couple things that I want to talk the basketball side of this I really I don't like that we're making this all about like happiness and body language and what does it mean drama again but we I feel obligated to discuss it because we had the conversation last week and so many people got upset with it so we're not going to run from it we'll talk about it um I think I think if you told me this was going to happen from a player on Illinois after this game but you didn't tell me who I would have hoped it was sincere Harris because I would say genuinely, I believe that sincere would do this and mean it sincerely. You like that?
1: That
0: was smooth. That was smooth. But, but seriously though, I think like, I, th- look, Illinois has spent all off season telling anyone who will listen that they replaced bad locker room guys with good ones. And I've made jokes about it because I think you need good basketball players, not good people. But the truth is, great teams have both like you have to have players that like each other that are also good and fit together well and it is true illinois right now has the makings of a really good locker room that's the first time i've said that about brad in a while and um i think a big part of it is the guys he brought in like i think i think damask and Harmon and garrier to an extent are all really comfortable playing smaller roles. And that's easy to say because two of them are starting right now, but I just don't think those guys are ever going to be upset. Those guys want to be on winning teams. That matters. And there's a sense of desperation from them because for for most of them, it's their last year, right? So Mm. you you have to pair that group of guys who are here for a year, but just want to win with this group of blossoming young talent. That's both the freshman class and the sophomore class, right? We like Ty Rogers individually. We like Sincere Harris individually. You're a huge Luke Goody guy. Uh <laughs> Dre Lahore Lawhorn, we love the talent of. We really do. Hey, hey, Luke Goody, three for five from three tonight. He made shots tonight. You said you want to see that. And he made shots. I'm officially willing to table the... Are we sure Luke Goody can shoot, by the way? I think... Uh, I forget who it was in our Discord that wanted to say that. I think I'm willing to just buy him as a shooter. But the point is, like, you, you need to merge those two groups. Young talent with this older group. And the the simple truth of it is, the, the group you need to prioritize more is the group of young talent. Because the group of young talent is the one that it's just of the utmost importance of to keep happy in order to keep the locker room and of that group, sincere Harris. And I would also put Ty Rogers in this category, but I think Ty and sincere are kind of culture guys. Those are guys that practice what they preach. Those are guys that buy into what Brad has done from the start. And uh, it's hashtag everyday guys. That's who Ty Rogers and sincere Harris are. So for this to be sincere Harris that is doing this, that's great to my perspective. Like, it's a super mature decision. And again, if you told me it was one guy, I would hope it's sincere because I think he means it. I think other guys might not mean it if they did this. They'd be a little pissed off that they did it. So, uh yeah, I fully expect that this is probably real and that you're not going to have any like, oh, will he, won't he enter the portal type things. Um that's the last I want to talk about the the drama side of it. But I hope people can realize, like, we just talked about it objectively. Like, we're not out here to hate. We're not out here to clickbait. Like, we can assess these situations one by one. And the reason we assessed it so much is because it happened last year. I know that it, people got really hung up on me saying, like, the last four years they kept imploding. Bad choice of words for me. It was really the Sky Clark situation. And then it was... Uh, the year before with Curbelo, which I know was tied in with mental health, but it still happened. OK, so th- the whole goal this year is have a great locker room. They're off to a great start right now. Still surprising. We got a red shirt one game into the season. It's like <laughs> a little, little bit of a surprise. Um, Basketball wise. Taron Shannon's just great. I just want to say yeah. that. Start from a positive yeah. note. 26 minutes tonight, 16 points. He shot well from three again, three for seven. But like, aren't you just getting this every single night from Taron Shannon now? Yeah. You're it's I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm staying strong. It's gonna be a great day when Taron Shannon Jr. is the first team All American. It's such a luxury, man. It truly is. Um He's just great. He's just so damn solid. Like I yeah. I think you're right. I think you're on the right path of him being a first all American. Uh okay. We, I think we talked about the good. We got we gotta be obligated to like reference some of the bad. What was Coleman Hawkins doing tonight? I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'd like to ask Coleman what he was doing tonight. <laughs> just like
1: I, I'm laughing just because it's just like what 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 was that? Just over two 14 minutes, over two from three, five rebounds. To assist one point, it's like what, what, like, what, what is that? Just like one of those Coleman nights, like, yeah, just like let just chalk it out to like against Eastern Illinois. Just he had to throw that in there after his really good Kansas game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I. Uh, but I thought you were kind of bought in that like those nights were gone, right? Yeah, that that's a little alarming. Yeah, pretty clear indication maybe they're not gone. But the nice thing is, I think Illinois is deep enough that. If if he's having one of those nights, there's answers. Whereas with Michigan State tonight, they didn't have answers to AJ Hogard having his issues, right? Like, right, yeah, like like Coleman Coleman struggled tonight, and they were able to get 14 minutes, eight
1: rebounds, seven points out of Amani uh, Hansberry, and then my dog Danger Zone put a little light eight and six in 12 minutes. So they they have other
0: options to go to if Coleman does do these things. So I'm. I know I'm officially not allowed to ask if any Illinois player is happy, right? That's a rule. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how I can ask what I want to ask then. <laughs> Do you know what I want to ask? I've, I've, I'll i follow the rule. I'll abide by the rule. I'm not allowed to ask if any Illinois player is unhappy. But... Well, can I'm... you answer yes or no if I ask you if a player is happy? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate that anyone's happy or unhappy. I just know, like, I think Dane Dange is, I'll say what I think. How about that? I think Dane Dange is a bucket and deserves more than 12 minutes. <laughs> like, am I allowed to say that? Whether or not yeah, he's happy with it. A, like, doesn't especially, especially,
1: especially in this game, too. That's shocking that he didn't, like, you saw Gibbs Lawhorn had, uh what well, gives gives Law Harm played 19 and honestly Ter- Terrence Shannon playing 26 minutes and Damas playing 29 minutes in this game is pretty surprising. That's that seems like a lot for a game that you end up winning by 30 points. A- am I right?
0: I mean, I don't ultimately doesn't matter. Like they won big and I, I want Shannon playing a lot because he's so damn good. And I want him to have first team All American numbers. But like I just I guess what I would say is this I am surprised. I'm surprised that after the team we saw last season. I'm surprised that Sincere and Dane have just fallen so far out of it, because yeah, I, like, I t- to me those guys were good basketball players that like contributed positively a lot.
1: Yeah, like uh, out of the guys to, that played today and the guys that are in the main rotation, Dane played the least amount. Like he, uh, he even Hansberry had more, had two more minutes than Danger had.
0: Yeah, it's like he played I just, the same. He played the same amount of minutes as Moretti. Like it's know. yeah. I think he's too good for that. But then again, like it was really balanced and we're splitting minutes by two at this point. But I just at some point, like you're you're a very pro Dane Angel guy. At some point, we want to see him like get 25 minutes and get 20 and 12. Right. Like that's yeah. there's
1: the a place for
0: that. We love Dane. I love here. Dane. I love Dane. Uh, OK, that's why Brad Underwood gets paid the big big bucks and not me, though. That's Daddy Brad for you. It is what it is. Gonna, If they keep doing this, you're going to have a good Christmas this year. Is what it is. See, this was. To me, this was truly like the perfect Illinois win because you had – I don't want to use the D word. I'm not going to use the five-letter D word. You had suspense. You had, oh, they're losing. They're 10 minutes into the game. Oh, like what's wrong in Champaign? And then you had them turn it on, and Terrence Shannon's awesome. And, oh, DGL's Carson Edwards. This is great. Everybody's great. And then you get through it, and you're like, yeah, Illinois back. And then you're like, oh, culture locker room guy wants to red shirt. Like, that's just, it's the perfect. It's the perfect three-hour Illinois. Every day, guys. Every day is right, man. It's every day with these guys. I love it. Uh, congrats, though. This was a really good win. They look great on the floor for 75% of this game. I think that's fair to say. Excited to better, watch more Illinois. Good team. Better than some teams that look bad for bad for, look good for 0% of the game. Good team. And if you don't mind, could I end this on uh, one more final sincere note? My camera's blurry, so I want to fix it. But uh, I have an actual sincere note for Illini Nation real quick, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, sure. Please.
0: I think that a lot of people in Illini Nation hate us. And then there are some that like, like us. There's definitely a large contingent that I don't think listen to our show super regularly. that think we are just pure concern trolls. Because we did, like, uh, there was clips of what we said last week that got picked up by, like, larger Illinois-specific coverage that had to, like, dispel things we said that I'm not even quite sure we said. And that's fine. I'm not upset with anybody involved in it whatsoever. Um, But I do just want to say this. Like, I saw a lot of these comments. Like, I read through them a couple times. And some of them were like, Other Illinois fans or Illinois content creators, Illinois podcasters, Illinois shows that were like personally upset that like people listen to us and not them. And I just want to mean this genuinely. I hope that Illinois fans listen to us and them. I don't know where or how or why we got this awesome, huge Illinois audience. I feel blessed every day that we have it. It's not like we want to come out and completely clickbait. We don't like in the summer when people were mad, we had Illinois in our thumbnails, they called us out on it and I've stopped. Like we don't clickbait to clickbait. We don't do it. We talk about Illinois because they're a crazy program with a lot of talent and we love Brad Underwood. It is what it is. So whether we had zero listeners or a million listeners, we would still talk about Illinois because it's fun for us. And I don't want there to be animosity from hardworking, talented Illinois shows that cover the team with all the passion in the world that see a Michigan fan and a Michigan State fan covering and get upset that we have an audience. I don't want that to happen. So if you are listening to this and you're an Illinois fan, go find the other shows too. Like come back to our show. We appreciate it. We hope that you get something different out of watching our show than you would get from just the Illinois fans that cover it, but there are a lot of really good ones that do. And it's all part of a college basketball balanced diet. Wow. That that was heartfelt. It is like, I just, I, it doesn't have to be made out to be this big competition. Like we should all listen to each other and support each other's work. And if you disagree with us, that's totally fine. But like, let's try to do it in a respectful way and realize we meant nothing malicious from any of this, this is what yeah. it is. I agree with uh, it.
1: It's also in the best interest that they do approach it that way.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, last topic I want, because we're going super long. I'm not going to get yeah. any sleep tonight. It is what is. This is just going to happen this season. Uh, if your team could have maybe finished out in regulation, we'll mm-hmm. be having this problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What'd you take away from night one nationally? We just covered three of the teams in the Big Ten. Uh, two that remain undefeated, one that is 0-1, asterisk 0-2, depending on who you ask um what'd you take away a lot of ways you could go with this a lot of other teams in action no other top 25 teams lost so what'd you take away
1: uh (laughs) uh, well for one side this is honorable mention for what i took away uh associated press eyes are on you you didn't escape you did not escape one of the one of the top five teams lost so i eyes are on you you'll be hearing from our from our people uh but what the one takeaway i'll do i'll do it out of the big 10 on this one isaiah collier is one of the best guards in the country
0: mm-hmm. not
1: just like the best freshman guard, he's one of the best guards in the country and boogie ellis is probably the perfect like running mate i think for isaiah collier and we mentioned it a long long time ago and i think we got a lot of uh bite back i guess i would say on it that was saying we would take isaiah collier and boogie ellis over aj hogart and tyson walker I wonder if we rehash that question, what it would look like.
0: There was a moment uh, midway through the first half where Isaiah Collier was on the break and Boogie was trailing and Isaiah like kind of slowed himself down and dropped a between the legs bounce pass to Boogie who then caught from NBA range and just fired a three. It clanged off the back rim, did not come close to going in. But that's the moment that I knew that my bet was gonna hit. I was totally fine. Uh, by the way, I just want to make this known this is the only time I'm ever gonna say this. And then for the future, uh, every time we talk about this duo, it's just gonna be what it is. Isaiah Collier is officially Boogie Collier to me. That's your warning. That's the only time I'm ever gonna acknowledge it. Boogie Collier is a killer. I think he's the best freshman in the country. Um He's he's phenomenal. I love him. I think he's a lottery pick. I think he's going to be awesome for an NBA team sooner rather than later. And uh, for college basketball, the sport like people downplay this freshman class a lot. USC's must watch television. He was absolutely phenomenal tonight. And shout out to USC. Got me the two in one day on the daily picks of video, which was much needed. Uh, Collier finished with 18, six and three. And uh, I'd also like to applaud Isaiah Collier for not going to Michigan. One of the strongest decisions you could have made. <laughs> Who knows what our admissions department would have done? I don't know what your high school transcripts look like, but uh you're thriving out in California and I'm proud of you for it. Uh Arthur Kaluma? Not to Uh-oh. stick in that game too much, but uh Uh-oh. yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of like, oh yeah, they got Arthur Kaluma and Tyler Perry. That's Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson 2.0, right? Nah, those two combined to go six for twenty-eight in this game. Uh Arthur Kaluma specifically, one for eleven from the floor, 0 for five from three. Where does this leave us on our constant quest to find out if Arthur Kaluma is the best bad player or the worst good player? Where is he at right now?
1: Update on the scale. He is the best bad player.
0: Ah, see, I'm I'm on the opposite end of this from you tonight. What what do you mean? I he's think this I think this was the worst good player performance of the night. <laughs> That's what I think. I don't think this was like a – I don't think there's anything best about this. I just think he was horrible tonight. So worst good player.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was. And also Creighton watched that with a smirk on their face.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to watch our Creighton tomorrow night. Um, other takeaways just around the sport right now. Tyrese Proctor, we sure he's great? Are we sure about that? I don't know. Everyone told us he was, right? I don't there's a lot of like best guard in the country stuff with Tyrese Proctor. He scored also six might less be, points. Also might also might be the third best guard on his own team. Yeah, he scored six less points than Jeremy Roach, man. Like he scored the same amount of points as Jared McCain in ten more minutes. I don't I don't see it. Flips doing everything for that team. Um just another, I want to just like wrap around rapid fire through some of these things that I noticed from jumping around the sport. Caleb Love, super insignificant first night. I think that's the best we could ask for from Caleb, right? <laughs> like, don't we want that all the time from him? And we yes. feel great. Yes, yeah, great. 12, 12 points, four assists. Lovely. Keep doing that. Um, Texas, your big Texas guy, Dylan DeSue, did not play in this game. Ace Miss and Hunter were just like fine. 12 and 11 tonight. Didn't really need more than that. Dylan Mitchell didn't really do anything. I don't know. Kind of, kind of left like underwhelmed from Texas tonight in a 30 point victory. Yeah. Sca- scared of uh,
1: just a little flyer here. Scared that Dylan Mitchell is not going to make the sophomore jump. I think he,
0: that people are expecting a little mm. bit. Yeah, That's, and that's a scary. scary. That is a little scary. I can see that. Uh, Kentucky back. That's that. a hey, Reeves, Dillingham Wagner. I bull think prediction bull prediction stream. This is the type of team Cal does good with though, in all seriousness, right? Like mm. I know th- there's been other Cal teams to like have had freshmen and not been good, but like, I think it's a good sign that like DJ Wagner, 13 points, Justin Edwards, 12 points, Reed Shepard, 12 points, Rob Dillingham, 17 points. Those were your leading scores tonight. Yeah. We love that. That's really good. If I'm a Cal fan and I'm looking for what's happening with Kentucky right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think there was anything else to know. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Uh Hunter Dickinson was awesome. Great basketball player. Great college basketball player. Phenomenal basketball player, man. He was eight for nine. He hit three threes. Uh, I want to say this about Kansas. If they shoot 50% from three, nobody's beating them. Yeah, but they're not they won't. But I'm talking like any one game, like if they any game that they shoot fifty percent and they're the best team in the country without question, yeah, I'm with you on that actually, Dewan Harris did not attempt a shot tonight like that's so annoying, man. I think Kevin McCullough's for real though
1: you think like you think like he's the guy like like you they had the Wilson, the
0: Abaji, the braun like he he's the next guy up in that, yeah, I think it's time to just start realizing the next kansas wing is just going to be that every year um this year it's mcculler next year it's probably furfy i don't know but yeah i don't know mcculler just looked like i know hunter was great but like 22 6 and 5 tonight from McCullough. i thought he was their best player against illinois too like yeah first the actually looked pretty solid in the minutes he played tonight i thought yeah they're deeper than we give them credit for right now um at least when Timberlake shoots 3 for 4 from 3 another one of my bets by the way I had under 12 and a half points he goes 4 for 5 from the floor of with 13 ridiculous <laughs> uh just ridiculous sorry I'm not laughing but uh, this brutal night man North Carolina struggled last one I really want to talk about here um concerned for Carolina I mean my my bold prediction was they missed the tournament I was feeling pretty good about that for long stretches of this game then they end up winning by 16 they're just not playing their best players.
1: What? Elliot Cadot should not be playing the least guard minutes out of this team. Okay.
0: I mean, he played nineteen off the bench. Like,
1: he should not be outmitted by Pax and Wojcik.
0: Okay. That's, so I think... that's,
1: that's my that's my takeaway.
0: I think it was Tristan said it in our group chat, but uh. Yeah, noted winning culture guys, Harrison Ingram and Cormac Ryan really making a difference for this team. Like, yeah, we we overlooked that. I don't know if there's anyone in North Carolina's locker room that's ever been on a good regular season team ever.
1: No. Literally. And also this kind of fits the narrative like Armando Baycott in this game, 25 and 13. And honestly in a
0: dogfight against Radford. So fake though. It's so fake. It's so fake. I'm telling you. Uh, all right. That's our wraparound around the country. We'll probably be doing that daily at this point with how many games are going. It's one 31 in the morning, Eastern time. I got probably 90 more minutes of editing before I get this up. And then I'm up at six 30 tomorrow cart. This is life. Now look at the life we've chosen. Hopefully Illinois fans don't drive me to self harm tomorrow. That's the only thing I'm hoping for. Quite frankly, uh, any just, like, final thoughts before one big thing? Like, any emotional pleas? I feel like we could both have a breakdown moment right now. Like, you're you're probably at a pretty low point. AJ Hogarth's your point guard. and Malik Hall's your power forward. And Miley Sissoko's your center. And somehow you talked yourself into being a top-four team in the country when you're barely a top-25 team. And uh, I just don't like anything about where I'm at in life right now. So, do mm-hmm. you want to have a good cry for a moment? What do you think? Uh, I'm good. I, my one big thing is just I, I love you. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, thanks. Hmm. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. My one big thing is I love you too. And then my second one big thing is I'm sorry to anybody who paid for my dub club. <laughs> that's a that's a no, horrible plug. No.
1: yo come on man back against the wall time now
0: do you know how guilty i feel that night one went two and six or whatever it was i gotta add it up actually but like come on man fight fight back you're right
1: at least the good news is that your back's against the wall and you fight back meanwhile i'm
0: gonna quit sorry anyone listening to that that's not any dirty thoughts you might have? That's me slapping myself in the face right in front of the microphone. Um, I'll I'll bounce back. Right, tomorrow's got to be the best version of me. Period. We can yeah. do
1: it. Uh, honestly, you want to know what it was though, and it's not completely your fault. There was no type of you didn't even throw anything my way. You didn't ask me at
0: all. It's true. Hump. Uh, okay, you're right. Noted. Notes have been taken. We move. Uh, we'll That's be cool. back on Wednesday, I think. I have no idea what day it is right now. College Hoops is here. I love it. My team plays tomorrow. We're undefeated right now. That's crazy. Can't wait to talk about it. What time do they play? I have no idea. I don't look at the schedules. Okay. Well, we'll, we, we'll react to that one, I'm sure, when we uh, record tomorrow night. We're honestly super lucky that we don't play uh, a team that is as much of a powerhouse as James Madison. Very Mm lucky. We'll see how it goes. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Happy Wednesday, everybody. Is it Tuesday? Happy Tuesday. Goodbye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca.
1: We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you
0: say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them.